Welcome to the podcast, Your Time with James Sweetman. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Your Time with James Sweetman. Uh, Thank you for tuning in. Uh, Sometimes I forget to say that because I know I have a loyal following of listeners who tune in every week. Um, And it's always important for me to acknowledge that and how much your support and your reviews and your ratings mean and the download figures, um, which is which is terrific. It keeps me going. Uh, This week's episode is slightly different in that it's the first of a two parter. And it's something that's fairly personal as well. So since the beginning of the year, I've been doing some work myself on what I would phrase getting back to basics. It probably sounds like a political slogan, but getting back to basics where I'm looking at those rituals or practices that I know keep me on the straight and narrow or or keep a pep in my step. And I sort of know when I've drifted from them. And truth be told, the last few months of 2019 have been a challenging enough time for me with some health issues and some family concerns and pressures of work, etc. But with the new year, a new page, a new chapter, as it were, I'm getting back to basics and refocusing on some of those habits and routines and frequent actions that support me, you know, that fuel me. And when I was jotting these down, one of the things that I wanted to make sure was that even contemplating them brought me a sense of pleasure. Because I think no matter what we're focused on, if we come at it from a place of I must do, I should do, you know, or, or feeling that it's a chore, well, I think it's self-defeating after a while. So, yes, of course, sometimes we need to put conscious effort into creating some new habits. But I just wanted to get back to those routines that allow me to be the best of myself. And there was a a lengthy list, uh, certainly to go through. Some of them are mindsets, some of them are actions. Um, And rather than squeezing them all into one episode, I thought I could give them a little bit more justice by splitting them over uh, two weeks. So that's what the plan is. Um, Let me take a quick moment as well to say that there are a handful of tickets left for SOAR, my annual flagship workshop that takes place on the 30th of January, which if you're listening to this live is tomorrow um, in the Westbury Hotel. Uh, There are a handful of tickets left. They're €65 and that includes refreshments. And of course, to mark the 10th consecutive year of SOAR, we have a little glass of bubbly on arrival as well. So let me uh, get straight into this week's episode and share with you the first 10 of the 20 tips or distinctions that, um, that allow me to be the best of myself. It's interesting when I look at all of these intentions or habits or practices on the page in front of me, that really what I'm looking at here is a plan for my mental as well as my physical health. And it's interesting at this time of the year, you know, people will put thought and attention into getting fitter or, you know, exercising more or losing weight. But rarely would we give too much thought to any sort of conscious plan around our mental health. You know, we'll do it for physical health, but not as much for mental health. And that's something that has come front and centre for me in recent times, I have to say, where I want to give as equal balance or equal time and attention to my mental health as well as my physical health. And if I want to go for the mind, body, soul, you know, trinity, um, I also want to include activities in there that fuel my soul, if I use that phrase. You know, so I'm I'm dealing with myself from a more of an holistic perspective rather than just a physical perspective. 
Um, and that was just an observation I had when I was reviewing these. But anyway, let me get stuck into uh, tip number one. And this is a core part of my morning ritual anyway, but it's something that I've let slip for a while. So I want to get it back uh, at the forefront of my mind. And that's the start the day by acknowledging a skill or a strength or a talent in myself. So what I often find interesting is, is that we'll easily compliment other people or we'll see strengths or talents or abilities in others. We'll recognize it, but rarely do we recognize it in ourselves. But yet that sense of recognition is a fundamental need that we have. You know, when I'm working with clients, uh, commonly, you know, clients will say that, you know, they don't feel sufficiently recognized or that their work is appreciated by colleagues or by their uh, manager. But yet we don't actually give ourselves that sense of recognition either. So let's start as we mean to go on here. So my intention for 2020 is to, to start each day by acknowledging um, a quality in myself um, and just to remind myself, perhaps, of that quality that I exercise every day. Others might see it in me. Let me just make sure I see it in myself. Uh, the second tip is saying thank you more purposefully and trying to, to do something from a place of gratitude or to say thanks as early in the day as possible. Now, certainly growing up, you know, I was always told to say please and thank you. So I suppose this sits in that uh, category. But recently I was reading two books. One was an old book by Wayne Dyer, the late Wayne Dyer, and another one, the autobiography of Diane von Furstenberg, you know, the fashion designer famous for the wrap dress. But what was interesting was both of them uh, tried to start their day in similar ways. Both endeavoured to say thank you. Uh, Wayne Dyer used to maybe send a copy of his book to someone or, you know, write a letter of thanks, a thank you note. And Diane von Furstenberg does something similar so that they're starting the day by maybe acknowledging something that someone else has done for them or just sending out something to others from a place of being of service or from a place of gratitude. And again, if you think about starting the day that way, um, how fantastic. You know, it might be a quick little email you fire off to someone to acknowledge something that they've done or for their help over a period of time. Or maybe there's a little note that you can drop someone in the post. I have to say I'm perhaps a little bit old fashioned in that regard and that I do always like to send thank you texts or thank you notes or thank you emails. Because one, I just think that's how I was brought up and it's a little mannerly. But two, they're little gifts that we give out. Um, and how nice to be able to brighten someone else's day in such a simple way. So to say thank you more purposefully and to try to start the day that way as well is something that I'm, I'm endeavouring to lean more into in 2020. The next two points could come under the umbrella heading of setting an intention. But the first one is setting the intention to purposely look for one good thing each day or to coin that phrase of Maria Kondo, the, the, the tidying up decluttering expert off Netflix, you know, your intention is to identify something each day that sparks joy. It's like that's how you leave the house. You're looking to see something good. Um, and what I often say with this is it's a bit like walking into a room that's full of colours. And if you've set your intention to notice the colour red, you will see it because it's on your radar. Um, similar with not life, like if you go into the day thinking it's going to be one of those days, it's you, it'll turn out to be one of those days because that's what you're looking for. You're looking for evidence to support that belief. So if you're seeking the negative, you will find it. But equally, if you're seeking the positive or something that brings you joy that day, you will find it too. The, the second one, tip number four, under, under this umbrella heading of setting your intention, is to have at the forefront of your mind just one thing that you want to get done 
in the day ahead. So, of course, most of us have some sort of to-do lists. But if we play with the word to-do instead of T-O-D-O, -O, we turn it into to-day, T-O-D-A-Y. And there's that one thing that's at the top of your to-day list that if you get this done or, or significantly progressed, well, then it's been a, a successful or an effective day for you. So you want that task or that desired result to be at the forefront of your mind. It might be work-related. You know, it might be something that's in personal life. Um, if you think back to some of those time management tips I've shared before, if it is something that's work related, we try to action it before we get sucked into being reactive and responding to emails. Um, sometimes it's something very simple or it might be a weight that you just want to get off your shoulders by, by actioning it sooner. So those two little tips about setting an intention, focusing on something that would spark joy in the day ahead um, and then identifying that one task uh, to focus on or, or to complete or to progress in the day ahead. Tip number five is short and sweet and it might even sound a little bit glib, but one of my intentions for 2020 is to smile more. Now, I'm a fairly outgoing, upbeat, pleasant sort of person, I would think especially in my dealings with others. But sometimes when I'm in my own company and I can be very serious, concentrating, um, you know, and I can catch myself in the mirror or walking by, a, you know, a glass reflection and I say, gosh, I look very serious or I look very stern. So I want to purposely have a slightly lighter expression on my face, even when I'm in my own company. And one of the things that I'm doing um, in, in a very conscious way with this is that I'm uh, focused on being more pleasant and perhaps more patient, which I, I could always do with uh, when I'm in the car and when I'm in traffic. You know, if you're driving by, you're stuck at traffic lights or you see, you know, drivers on the other side of the road. So often the expressions are stern as we're, you know, blocked or, you know, hampered in getting to where we want to go by volume of traffic. But as I often say, you know, you're never stuck in traffic, you're actually part of traffic. And whilst that is an inconvenience for sure, um, one of the things that I want to try to do is to have a slightly lighter demeanour myself when I'm in traffic. So not just interacting with others, um, but that sort of pleasantness or, or lightness when I'm in my own company as well. So I want to be able to smile, not just for other people, but for myself, if I put it that way. Following on from that last point, point number six is to do with kindness. And there's a great question that I share in workshops that I deliver, often around communication skills or in particular conflict management. And that question is, do you want to be right or do you want to be kind? Because you, sometimes the, they're mutually exclusive. And whilst this is something that I will teach others, there are perhaps times when I could listen to that question and contemplate that question a bit more purposefully in my own life. Uh, the late Australian novelist, Bryce Courtney, I was reading about him recently, and he said that if you're pleasant or nice to other people, you know, you there will be the risk that you will get conned. But in the long run, it's a better journey because you are going to win. You're going to win more friends or more character or more joy. So you've enjoyed the process more. And in challenging situations, one of the things that I try to do is like, what's the kind thing to do here? Rather than to give my ego free reign. And of course, the ego will always want to be right. But sometimes the higher part of ourselves, when we take a moment to pause and listen, 
can give us another option that is kinder. And oftentimes that kindness is not just towards other people, it's kindness towards ourselves, which is self-compassion. So by asking that question, do you want to be right or do you want to be uh, kind or what would be the kind thing to do is, uh, is, is a way of showing ourselves more self-compassion. And if you think of maybe one of the qualities that the world could do it at the minute is, is more kindness. So we can do our bit by bringing that into the world as well. So, of course, that doesn't mean that we're going to be a pushover or we're not going to have boundaries or we're not going to be appropriately assertive. But I know certainly for myself, there are occasions when I can be a little bit kinder rather than just allowing the ego to take over and to allow my communication skills to make a point where I know I'll be right. Um, and that's something that I just want to have more in my awareness in 2020. The next few tips within my 20 tips part one of habits to be a better me in 2020 are all about stopping doing certain things or trying to pull back on certain things. And uh, this would fall in under the definition, of course, of working smarter. As, as I've said many times, working smarter is identifying what you're no longer going to do and to stop doing it or to identify what you can do less of and simply do less of it. So the uh, the first point here, point number seven for me is to continue because I do do this, but I want to do it even more purposefully is continue uh, adding to the doom and gloom. And um, we all know people in our lives who are doing their best, but they can be like a dark cloud on a bright day. You know, they're always focused on the negative. They're always focused on what doesn't work out. Um, they're pessimists. They might call themselves realists. And whilst I'm not, you know, advocating, you know, being a Pollyanna, sometimes we do need to pay attention to the exposure we have to people who perhaps drain our energy. I often use the analogy of some people are radiators and some people are plug holes. And, you know, radiators, they warm you up, plug holes suck the energy out of you. And without consciousness, it's all too easy to perpetuate other people's negativity and the doom and gloom. And... What I often do in these instances is recognize what's going on and I'll still be kind and try to be understanding. But sometimes I'll just look to detach myself and maybe I'll need to leave a scenario. I'll wish them well, um, but I'll, I'll, I'll quietly take my leave. You know, at minimum, I, I, I don't want to further participate in it. Um, and sometimes people are not ready to hear alternative views. Um, so you can keep your own counsel. So in those instances, I sometimes prefer to observe others rather than participate um, because ultimately it doesn't really serve me. So I'll still be kind and understanding, but I will be perhaps more, how would I say it? My own well-being is higher on my own agenda. So, you know, I know how looking after myself and being compassionate towards myself and leaning into positivity and optimism serves me best. Um, and I'm not going to water that down for fear of making other people uncomfortable, let's put it that way. But sometimes the, the medium ground is just to extract myself from situations where perhaps we're just on a different wavelength. It's like sometimes I'll say people, some people like listening to a particular radio station, whereas maybe I prefer to listen to classical radio. There's nothing wrong with either radio station, but I just know which one uh, fuels me uh, best. Tip number eight is about less television and in particular less television news. Now, again, this is something that I'm fairly OK with. 
But I find that when I'm off my A game, I'm maybe spending a lot of time looking at a screen or looking at a box and doing it in a very unconscious way. And whilst, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, uh, this podcast, you know, this list that I'm going through is about those tips or distinctions or actions or areas for focus that allow me to be the best of myself. And just being absorbed by a screen doesn't really sit with that. And of course, this time of the year, the TV schedules are packed with programs where I think the aim of it, you know, is to stimulate or to stir, you know, feelings of dissatisfaction with your life. So you can go off and buy more products, you know, that are often advertised during these turn your life around type programs. Having said that, I do find some of those programs in the area of health and fitness and wellness can be uh, very inspirational and uplifting, you know, when you see people with challenges and how they've turned things around for themselves or a different focus or or chipping away. Um, so if the feeling that you get is one of being upbeat or positive or even inspired, great, it's a source of inspiration. But if after watching a program you feel worse about yourself, well, then maybe it's time to switch that television off. One of the things that myself and Brian did in the past is that we have um, an evening where we don't watch the television. And that's something we tried a little while ago when we are away on holidays, because on holidays we won't switch a television on. So if we're staying in a hotel or in a villa that has a television, we'll cover it. You know, we, we won't actually switch it on. And we find that that's very liberating and relaxing. And we said, how can we bring that back into um, home life? And of course, you have better conversation or it gives you time for, you know, to do something else. Um, of course, here in Ireland at the minute, we're in the midst of the election campaign. So there's even more news and political commentary than there normally is. And of course, a recent trend, well, I suppose it's not that recent now, it's, it's going back a good few years in that news programs have shifted beyond just giving you facts. You know, they're trying to sell you emotions um, and there's much more emotional influencing going on with it. And, you know, you can really find yourself sucked into bad news stories when in the bigger scheme of things, it has nothing to do with you. So you can be sympathetic towards people who are suffering in different parts of the world. But, you know, it's it's not within your immediate um uh, how would you say, a place of influence to positively impact on them. Maybe you can say a prayer uh, for them. Um, I often think our own news is what's happening immediately in our own lives and are we paying sufficient attention to that? So in recent times, like with many people, I do catch the news headlines by uh, viewing a few apps on my phone. Uh, rarely will I actually watch a full news program, though, because I want to control what I'm exposed to. I don't want a news editor to determine what should be filling my brain. I'll do that job myself. Thank you very much. If the last tip was all about less exposure to television, you can probably guess what this next one is. It's less mindless social media. It's almost a mini digital detox. And again, it's something that I do when I'm on holidays and it always makes me feel great. So can I do a little bit more of it in the, the normal daily, weekly routines? And uh, like many people, you know, we've drifted from that concept of multitasking into continuous partial attention. You know, you can be having a conversation or supposedly having a conversation with someone whilst the television is on, whilst the phone is in your hand. You know, is that multitasking or is that continuous partial attention? And maybe it's even rude. So one of the things that I have done 
of Flash for, for a long time now is that, you know, if the ads come on on a television program or if I'm sitting there and my hand gets a bit twitchy, I'm reaching for the phone, I'm scrolling something. And of course, all of the apps on your phone have people working for them uh, with their sole aim of getting you to spend more time on that application. And one of the things that I that I've done in the past is switch off notifications for all the major apps. So I don't have this little you know, red circle of a notification button saying that someone has liked a tweet or, you know, someone has sent me a message on Facebook. It's all disabled so that I at least will go into those apps proactively myself rather than just finding myself uh, in on them. And if you're anything like me, you go into an app, you scroll down, you get something that's of interest, it leads you off somewhere else. And maybe 30 minutes later, you're saying, where's that 30 minutes gone? I've just been mindlessly scanning the web or being sucked into viewing someone else's lifestyle on Instagram. And it's sort of a little bit mad when you say it out loud, but we all do it. Something else that I had on my phone, but I made a conscious effort of deleting them earlier this year was a number of different games, you know, different card games or mind games or quizzes on the phone. And again, I had them there because if I was, you know, waiting in a waiting room or, you know, looking to kill time, it's like I'd be there playing solitaire or whatever on the phone. But again, maybe there's other things that I could do. God forbid, have a conversation with someone around me uh, or pick out a magazine or a book, which is something that I used to do in the past in such scenarios. So they were all deleted from my phone. And after about two days of semi-withdrawal symptoms, I got over that fairly quickly, let me tell you. And I felt liberated as a result. So that tip number nine is less mindless social media, uh, maybe a little bit of a digital detox, or is, or as is the case with many of these tips I'm sharing with you, it's just to approach things from a more aware or a more conscious position. So before I share this week's final tip, uh, tip number 10, let's quickly go through the, the nine that I've already explored, uh, nine that sit within my wider plan of mental and physical health for the year ahead. Uh, the first one, to start the day by acknowledging a skill or a strength or a talent in myself. And then the second one, trying to start the day as well by uh, acknowledging someone or saying sending a thank you note or, or seeing it at least through the lens of uh, gratitude. Uh, tip number three, was to purposely look for something in the day ahead that would spark joy. It's like setting an intention to see something positive in the day ahead. Uh, tip number four was having that one item that would be on your today list, something that you want to get done or significantly progressed. Uh, then I spoke about how I want to have a slightly more pleasant demeanor myself, particularly in my own company. So I don't want to just smile for others. I want to smile for myself, as I said. So tip number five was smile. Uh, followed by tip number six, which was leaning into kindness a little more. Remember that that question, do you want to be right or do you want to be kind? Then there was the few that were around working smart or, or stopping certain things, you know, avoiding the, the doom and gloom, uh, the naysayers. Uh, then tip number eight was less television and maybe less television news. And tip number nine, that digital detox or at least less uh, mindless social media uh, scanning. Uh, the last little tip is one that is an important one for me. As I said, I've had a few challenging weeks and months and I found myself perhaps being one of those doom and gloom type people, which is so not me. But, you know, with everything, there's up and down, yin and yang, black and white, hot and cold. There's always that juxtaposition. But one of the things that I'm really trying to do this year is that when I'm feeling low, 
that I can reach for what I would label the witness position. So I'm not in it. I can observe myself in it. And if I can observe myself in it, I can begin to detach from it. And if I can say to myself, OK, James, you're having a tough day today or, you know, you responded angrily there uh, for whatever reason. So I can begin to see myself from a third perspective, as it were. And if I can do that, well, then maybe I can have a little plan of action. You know, something that has worked for me when I catch myself there is to shove in some earphones and to put on some uplifting music. Maybe combine that if the weather is kind by going out for a walk. Sometimes I'll put myself into the shower as well, um, you know, just to freshen me up, as it were. And maybe follow that with a, with a change of clothes. You know, I'll put on something that makes me feel good. Um, and sometimes, too, I'll scroll the phone and I'll try to reach out for a friend, a bit like that quiz program. I'll phone a friend uh, knowing that sometimes a kindly word um, goes a long way. You know, we can be open to receiving help from friends. And that's something that I have often been told in the past, you know, ring me if you need anything. And I've been reluctant to do it. But in the last little time, I've done it more. Last little while, I've done that a little more purposely. And I've seen the benefits of it. Uh, being open to receiving, as it were. So that last little point is around getting into the witness position when I'm feeling low and perhaps not beating myself up over that either. So there, the, the, that's the first part of the tips around 20 habits of being a better me or maybe even being a better you in 2020. You know, as Oprah would say, we all share the, the desire to fulfill the highest, truest expression of ourselves as human beings. But we can maybe look for ways to do that in a more conscious way or to have handrails that allow us to be the fullest, truest expression of ourselves. And the purpose of this week's and next week's podcast is for me to share some ideas with you and maybe to speak about the ones that I find are helpful to me. So thank you again for tuning in. As I said, there's a few tickets left for SOAR, my flagship workshop in the Westbury Hotel. And I'll be sharing the second part of these tips, tips 11 to 20, in next week's episode. So again, thank you for tuning in and until next week. Music